Many homeowners decide at some point if they are financially able to do so to convert their personal residence into a rental property. This will create passive income for them, but it may come at a price. I'm referring to the loss of the exclusion on the sale of a personal residence. This episode will explain what you can do in order to preserve this exclusion. Welcome to the Accounting Tips for Entrepreneurs podcast. My name is Jeff Skolnick and I'm a CPA with 35 years of experience working with small business owners, entrepreneurs, and network marketers on how to make their business more successful by understanding how taxes can work in their favor and not hurt their business. Each and every week I'm going to come to you with short, quick, and helpful tips on not only how to make sure you are doing everything possible to minimize your income tax liability, but also how to create the income for your business that you truly deserve. How selling your home to an S-Corp before converting it to a rental property can save big on taxes. As I stated in the opening, many homeowners decide at some point if they are financially able to do so to convert their personal residence into a rental property. This will create passive income for them, but it may come at a price. I am referring to the loss of the exclusion on the sale of a personal residence. If taxpayers meet certain conditions, one such condition being the home being sold must have been used as a taxpayer's principal residence two out of the last five years. They qualify for an exclusion of up to 500,000 for married taxpayers filing jointly and $250,000 for everyone else. If you convert to a rental property, then you will lose this exclusion. However, if you sell your home to an S corporation, you can avoid this situation. Uh, I think the best way to explain this is by example. Let's say the cost basis of a home owned by a married couple is $250,000 and has a fair market value of $700,000. We will also assume that the couple has used the home as the principal residence for two of the last five years and meets any other tests necessary to qualify for the exclusion stated. Since this couple is married, if they sold their home, they would be entitled up to a $500,000 exclusion. The gain in our example is only $450,000, $700,000 fair market value minus a $250,000 cost basis. The couple is able to exclude the entire gain. Also keep in mind if the property is converted to a rental property, this exclusion will go away. The reason it will go away is because let's say even the, the couple lived into in this property all of the last five years. Once it's rented for more than three years, the couple would no longer meet the, if, if the property sold, the couple would no longer meet the requirement of it being the residence for two out of the last five years. Now, if the couple were to sell to an S corporation, the tax law requires that the sale be at fair market value. The taxpayers would pick up a gain of $450,000, which would all be excluded and the S corporation would have a basis in the property of $700,000. The taxpayers now have taken advantage of the exclusion and the S corporation now has a higher tax basis, 700,000, than individuals would have if they had just converted the residence to a rental property. It would have only been $250,000. This means increased depreciation for the S corporation. It is important to note that this is 
absolutely should be done with a tax professional. There are many nuances to this type of transaction, and you must be aware of each of them so everything works the way you would like. First, you need to form an S-corporation. Next, you need to sell your residence to the S-corporation. Third, if you sell the S-corporation on an installment basement, uh, an installment basis, elect out of the installment sale reporting on your income tax return in order to take advantage of the home exclusion rules, all of the income must be taxable in the year of the sale. And lastly, you would elect to utilize the home sale exclusion on your tax return. I want to reiterate, there are many traps to watch for, some of which I'm going to list now. You may have an issue if there's a mortgage on the property. Banks usually have what they call a due on sale clause, which allows them to call the loan upon the sale. There are methods I have read about that can help you with this issue, but you must understand the consequences of your mortgage before you enter into this type of transaction. And if there is a due on sale clause, again, it's beyond the scope of, of today's podcast, but there are some things that you can possibly do even to mitigate that. But make sure you get an appraisal in order to establish the fair market value. Remember, this is a sale between related parties. If you get audited, this will be looked at closely, so you want to make sure you dot all your I's and cross all of your T's. Fill out any other paperwork that you would if you were selling to an unrelated third party. Some other things to consider are that you will lose the step up in basis upon your passing. However, the basis and the stock will be valued at fair market value. Again, this is best explained, I think, through an illustration. So let's continue our example. The S Corporation purchases the home for $700,000. Let's say a few years down the road, there have been $100,000 of depreciation and the cost basis is now $600,000, right? We had the original $700,000, we've depreciated $100,000, so now we're down to $600,000. And the fair market value is now $800,000. The asset is owned by an S Corporation, not the individual taxpayers, Therefore, it receives no step-up in basis upon the death of its shareholder. So in other words, the asset does not get a step-up within the S-Corporation. The $200,000 gain is passed through to the shareholders. So in other words, if, if let's say the S-Corporation were to sell the, um, sell the home, there'd be a $200,000 gain which would be passed to the shareholders. The $100,000 that was depreciated will be taxed at the shareholder level at 25%. There's a, there's a possibly there's a recapture, and the remaining $100,000 profit will be taxed at long-term capital gains rates. Again, at the taxpayer level. However, those same shareholders will have an $800,000 basis in the stock they received upon the death of the original taxpayer, plus the $200,000 gain they paid on it. So, in other words, your heirs while they won't receive a step up in the basis of the actual house, the stock that you own in the S corporation, because the assets are worth more, the the stock will be valued at $800,000. Now, because the sale came through and there was a $200,000 gain that the taxpayers are going to pay tax on, their basis in the S corp is increased, the basis in the stock is increased by the $200,000 of income they pay tax on. So what will happen is, let's say the um, your heirs liquidated the S corp stock all in the same year that that the house was sold. So the taxpayer passes away, right? You 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 let's say you're the taxpayer, you pass away. 
Again, the value of your house is now worth $800,000. $100,000 of depreciation has been taken. So the basis in the house is $600,000. So the house is sold. The S Corporation reports a $200,000 gain, which is passed to the shareholders. The shareholders' basis in the stock of the S Corporation was stepped up to $800,000 upon the death, right? So we have a step up in basis, and it's increased by $200,000 uh, upon picking up the $200,000 gain on sale of the property. So now what would happen is the taxpayers would get $200,000 of income, which they pay tax on. They would liquidate their 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 shares in, in the S Corporation, and let's say they received all the proceeds, right? They would receive $800,000 from the S Corporation. Their basis, though, would be a million dollars, right? The $800,000 received upon the passing of the individual. And then what happens is they get an extra $200,000 because they pay tax on $200,000 of income. So there's a $200,000 loss, which certainly helps to mitigate um, the $200,000 gain that they picked up on the sale. All right, so hopefully that makes sense to everybody. And this is pretty much the same result as if the property had been stepped up to $800,000 and then stepped and then sold for 800. So in other words, let's say you had never put this property into an S corporation. If you passed away, your property would be written up to $800,000. Your heirs would sell the property for $800,000 and there would be no gain or loss. So it's basically the same treatment. It's just, there's a lot more steps to get there. Okay, now another consideration or trap is that although there are increased depreciation deductions because the S corporation purchased the property at its fair market value, taxpayers can usually only deduct rental losses against other passive income such as rental income or if they have a net loss against ordinary income if their adjusted gross income is under below certain or under um, certain levels. The amount of loss allowed is a maximum of $25,000, but phases out between $100,000 and $150,000 of adjusted gross income. So in other words, you lose $1 of that um, exclusion for every $2 that you earn. So by the time you hit $150,000, you can't deduct any of that loss. It's just moved uh, until someday when you get rid of the entire um, property. Okay, and these numbers are reduced by half to um, between fifty dollars and $75,000 if the individuals are married filing separately. Okay. It is also very costly to transfer the real estate back to the shareholder. If the corporation transfer the property back to the seller, then that once again would be deemed to sell at fair market value and the S corporation report again, which would flow through to the shareholder. So I did want to mention that selling the home to a C corporation would usually be a bad idea. The reason for this is that in our previous example, when the property was sold for $200,000 gain, the C corporation would be taxed on the $200,000 gain at the corporate level at a rate of 21%. Again, only dealing with federal taxes here, but there would most likely be state taxes as well. So upon the distribution of the proceeds to the shareholder, now we're going to start with $800,000 less $42,000 of tax that we paid. So on the, on the distribution of $758,000, the shareholder would be taxed on a $758,000 dividend, or if they liquidated their shares in the corporation, they would have a capital loss of, of $42,000 if the stock sale took place after the passing of the original homeowner because of the stepped up basis in the stock. 
Now keep in mind, a deduction of $42,000 is not an offset to the $42,000 of tax being paid by the corporation. The taxpayers will receive a benefit of $42,000 multiplied by their long-term capital gains rate. The point that I'm trying to make here is unlike when the home was sold to an S corporation, the tax consequences would not offset each other. Once again, I am stating this is a very complicated strategy, but for those in a certain situation, it can be a great tax savings opportunity. Please consult with a tax professional familiar with these rules in order to avoid anything falling through the cracks that would change the results of what you're trying to accomplish. Thanks again for listening to the Accounting Tips for Entrepreneurs podcast. If you could please head over to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify and leave me a five-star rating and write a review. Also, please connect with me on social media. If there are any tax or accounting-related topics you would like me to cover, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. If you are that small business owner or entrepreneur that really wants to learn more about how to minimize your tax liability and maximize your income, just head over to www.jeffcpaworld.com and I'll see you over there. Have a great day.